Well, welcome to Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. We are sitting here looking at a chocolate frosted chocolate brownie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a chocolate chip muffin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, you know, when I was younger, hearing older people say, oh, I just can't eat anymore. You know, I don't know what to eat. Or I look at food and I gain weight and I'm like, eh, that can't be so. It's so. It's a true thing. It's so. I mean, it's like your metabolism as you get older. Jesus Christ. Well, I think our activity level goes down because our energy goes down. Well, I know, but still. Yeah. You know, I, you know uh, Penn and Teller, the magician yeah. group? Mm-hmm. Ben, the tall guy. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think I've talked to you about this. We've talked about uh, intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. which I do. And it helps a little bit. I'm not a completely a blubber, blubbering mass, but it, it helps a little bit. I think it helps bit. initially for like the first maybe month or two. And then I think your system gets used to it. Well, I think then you have to elongate the period that you don't yeah. eat. Like uh, but, but Penn eats one hour a day. That's it. Well, he used to be a pretty he heavy was, guy. He was a big guy, but he's gotten down to where he'll eat just one hour out of the day. I think he said like between three and four. And when I first read it, I'm like, oh, there's no way. But I've, lately, I'm thinking, I could maybe do it. Really? Because it seems as though anymore after I eat something, I'm full forever. Oh, my God. Full I forever. love food. I have well, a relationship with food. I mean, I just I love, I love food it. love food, too. Yeah. My life revolves around food mm-hmm. where are we going to go for dinner it's a very social I thing i know and then there's like a habitual thing that goes along right. with that as well like when i'm watching a movie i need to be mm-hmm. crunching on I something i had i love popcorn it's ingrained mm-hmm. and and i can't imagine yeah i don't know can't do it couldn't do it one hour day so you want the muffin or the brownie i'm gonna have the muffin okay sounds good just, just a half though all right nice. just we'll a half. Split it. my mother would say you know just a splash or just a bite or just a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the whole thing would be gone because if you break it up into little pieces and mm-hmm. eat it little by little mm-hmm. it's not a whole thing if you say so yeah okay <laughs> math is my we, forte. we tell ourselves <laughs> what we want to tell ourselves yeah. and we're going to tell you guys about two movies and a tv show this week uh, one, a pleasant surprise. One, a big disappointment. And one, I'm on the fence on. Okay. Let's go with the disappointment first. It's always more fun to, like, rake something over the coals. Yeah, you know, and, and the expectations uh, have been so high for Doctor Strange 2. Or Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, as it is uh, titled. Um I was so excited about this. I was like, no, you weren't. On, no, you jumping weren't. up and down. I couldn't wait. To, I was, shit. I was in line. You early. were dreading. You were dreading mm. the ride to Chicago. Don't tell me you were excited about it. I know you weren't. I was not. Mm-hmm. You know me. I know you. I was not. However, I was actually, as the superhero movie things go, kind of looking forward to it because, much to my surprise, I really liked. Spider-Man mm-hmm. No Way Home, is that the mm-hmm. name of it? Correct. Where um, Benedict Cumberbatch plays uh, Doctor Strange. And I had fun with this movie, and I really had a lot of fun with his character and what he brought to the table. He brought magic. He brought fun. He brought humor. He brought sarcasm. He was like this whole, the whole thing. See, I know you never will, but you need to go back and watch the first Doctor Strange movie. Mm. Because he he has all of that there. No, really, he has all of that there. And it's really one of the better standalone films. Okay. I mean, this guy is completely arrogant, the surgeon and everything, and he gets taken down a notch when he has a horrible car accident. When is that one from? 
What year? 2016, 2017, someplace in there. Did I watch it? I don't know. You probably did. <laughs> I probably did. You probably, okay. Well, then, enough of that. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Hmm. I won't be watching Doctor Strange 2 again. No. No. You know, and I think the problem is, again, the expectations. And you mentioned Spider-Man, No Way Home. You had just this incredible premise of bringing all three of the Spider-Men together and right. announcing this whole thing that, no, it's not just separate actors. These are all three separate characters, and they're in different universes. And so that just opens the door to all the possibilities. I mean... Oh, I mean, I, I went into Doctor Strange 2 thinking I was going to see different versions of Iron Man and different versions of Hulk and all the standby heroes. Right. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. And I think they really missed a huge opportunity with this film. And the, I think another big problem with, there's no story here. No, there's not. There is no story <laughs> here. Well, and you know, I, I knew I was in trouble because the first scene is like this explosion chase scene thing. <sighs> so... I knew that if you're starting with a climax of an event, you're not going anywhere because you just started with that. And not only that, they start with that, and then they follow with another one. Yeah. The first 20, 25 minutes is nothing but action, and mm -hmm. we're not quite sure what's going on. It's ridiculous, and they know they don't have a story. Here's the story, gang. <laughs> Here's the story. I'm going to time you. How long will it take you yeah. to say the story? Go ahead. Yeah. Go. Wanda from WandaVision, the lovely, of course, Elizabeth Olsen. She didn't learn her, her lesson in WandaVision, and she wants to have, uh, uh, be a mother, have two kids. So she is looking throughout the multiverse to see where, which world she can go to in order to do this. A new character, American Chavez, America Chavez, I don't know where that comes from. She pops up, and she has the ability to travel through multiverses, and Wanda wants that power. Doctor Strange, of course, knows Wanda is unstable and sets out to stop her from doing that. Okay, so America... That's what I got. And that's, that's the what story. it is. That is the whole story. That's the story. Um, so America Chavez isn't like this, this superhero that you knew about? No. Oh, no. okay. No. I didn't no, know about her either. A, she, is a, she is a new <laughs> creation for the film. Okay. So, yeah, no, she doesn't exist in the comics. Okay, so you didn't know about her, and mm -hmm. I don't think the writers knew to actually create lines for her because <laughs> I think she had maybe three lines the whole movie. That poor actress. I know, She right? does a fine job, and I can't pronounce her name. Uh, but, yeah, young girl. Yeah, she's... Great job. Yeah. But, yeah, she's given nothing well, to Well, do. she does a great job in doing nothing, basically. Mm -hmm. She runs and she looks scared. That's what she, she does the entire movie. She's the damsel in distress. She, which really pisses me off yeah. when I see that I agree. shit. You know? I agree. However, Rachel McAdams is back, okay. which I love her. Mm -hmm. um, they don't use her enough. No, no. But, but it reminded me, and again, I know you won't go back and watch the first one, the chemistry they have mm -hmm. is really good. Mm-hmm. In the first film and here, but they don't have enough scenes together. Well, what a what a wonderful love story to think that, you know, the love of your life got away in this universe, but maybe in another mm -hmm. universe you're together or in another universe something else right, happens. Right, exactly. I mean, what a cool premise. Not there. It's not there. Didn't go there. They they have a little glimmer like, oh, cool, we're getting some. No, no, we're not getting anywhere yeah. on that one. Yeah. There is a major, major surprise, though. I will say that. I don't know how they kept that surprise a secret. Uh, I was stunned. I was very happy. It was the highlight of the film. I didn't quite get it. I was the only one who cheered. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are idiots. Don't be snobby because you wanted this moment too. And you said in your screening that people clapped. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah people... 
there were, it, it was okay. So when Chuck and I go to these screenings that are critics only, there are a lot of comic book nerds in there. And so there's a whole big group of people, and I won't say whole big group of us because I do not put myself into the comic book nerd group because I'm not. And these people come on, these characters come on, and it's like, woohoo! Like there's this guy from, can I say this? No. No? Okay. So there's this guy that appears, and everyone's like, oh, and they're clapping and cheering. I'm like, what? I'll explain it afterwards. Well, I mean, I get it, but it's still like, okay, all right, whatever. All right. But it's, it's, it, the film needed more moments like that. I wanted to see more characters. I needed a story. Give me a story. I, I agree. <laughs> but if you're not going to give me a story, and you're opening up this possibility of the multiverse and different variations of different characters running around, I need to see that. And we didn't see that. Yeah, see, and and I like it when they can have a superhero movie that can appeal to everybody. Mm-hmm. So then it, it, it placates the, the people who love superheroes, and then it... It enables us, the rest of us folks, to enjoy it as well. So it's not a hard ask. Well, I think it is a hard ask at this point because we're 27 movies in. Oh, my God. And four TV, I am not going to do the math and, on that. And four <laughs> television series is into this thing. I, I think if you haven't jumped on at this point, I, I don't see how anyone could enjoy these if you're coming in completely fresh. Well, you could enjoy bits and pieces. The um, Shazam movie, that was a standalone well, kind of movie. Well, but that's a DC one. Whatever. It's they're all the same to me. I know that's horrible. It's probably like three nails down the chalkboard to you and everybody else listening. But it's superhero. So let's just put it under the superhero umbrella. Yes. And under the umbrella we have DC and Marvel. And I know that Tim, Tim, if you're listening, <laughs> you wanted to do a spreadsheet flow chart for me when we're on the radio sh- station with you. And Chuck, you never did it for me. So I, there no, is I all want scrambled. You, no, I want you to do your flow chart <laughs> oh, I do. sheet of, of all of the superheroes and how they put together. That would be hilarious. <laughs> all right. I will work on that during my trip. I'm going to be off next week, so I will, I'll yeah, work sure on that. I'll work on that. On the plane. That. On the plane. Yeah, the problem is, really the problem is these films have grown, grown stale. Uh, they've become uh, slaves to the um, template that they've set up. These movies you can... Set your watch to them as far as the dramatic beats and when the battles are coming and blah, blah, blah. They've grown, they've grown stale. And really, probably you could say that they've been growing stale for a while. But what's the difference then between the Spider-Man film, which I liked, yeah. Shang-Chi, which I liked, mm-hmm. and this one, which I thought was dull, and Black Widow, which didn't work, and yeah. The Eternals, which was a disaster. Right. I mean, you're following the same template. What's the difference? And I think the difference is, as you're pointing out, solid writing. And this does not have that. No, no. Uh, I don't think there's ever a lack of conviction as far as performances are concerned. I think that all these people are firmly entrenched in this. There's never the notion that they're skimping on the budget. The films all look oh, God, great. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they look fantastic. Yeah, special effects are incredible I mean, in this movie. They're unreal. Uh, although I have to say, I would, I tried to put my okay. So I'm removed from the movie if I'm thinking about this kind of stuff while I'm watching the movie. Exactly, that's so, the problem. So Benedict Cumberbatch is doing all this, and you're not going to see me. So I'm going to describe what I'm doing. This hocusy pocusy stuff with his hands. Yeah, and, that's and what it, you do. It's, this, it's it just looked so ridiculous. I thought, how does he feel while he's doing that? I'm and sure then, he thinks of his paycheck, and he's fine <laughs> with it. <laughs> what is the the Texas Longhorn sign? If you go back and you look at them, his uh, the the combination of fingers will change depending on the spell. Okay, all right. Because I always just thought it was wow, maybe he's like a UT fan. I don't know. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but can you imagine them doing all this stuff on, you know, where there's none of the special right, effects? Right, right, right. But again, I'm sure they're, they're thinking of their paychecks and residuals and things like that. But. And you know what? If they offered me a ton of money, I'd do the same thing. So next one out of the gate will be Thor. And yes, and I'm excited. Then I am. You like that director. I do. I wasn't as crazy about Thor Ragnarok as everyone else was. I thought it was fine. But I, I thought Tukiti. it was good, but I think it could have been better. I think Taika Waititi is at a point in his career now that he will have carte blanche to do what he wants to do. Sure. And I think he's going to bring so much oh, humor into this. I think he did with the last one. I don't think he had carte blanche with that. Mm. I think mm. he... he was relegated into the oh yeah we got to have an explosion yeah. well you've got to do that I mean well, fine, it's a superhero some, film. I know but I mean there wasn't a there wasn't a Marvel film as funny as that one up until that point I mean that that has his earmarks all over it so that one will be a different thing hopefully I can wrap my head around it I wish that that uh, Taika Waititi and um, Kenneth Branagh would co-direct it hmm. because then we would get that. That lofty Shakespearean stuff, which is what he brought to the table that first Thor. Right. And that's why Thor talks the way that he does. Uh -huh. And then if you throw Taika Waititi's humor into it, I think that would be a grand combination. <coughs> Are you all choked up over that I'm concept? I'm all choked up. And, and I'm, I'm going to show you something um, here as you talk. You talk about Thor's um, Shakespearean um, speech and things of that nature. In the comic book, uh, when he talks, they have a special font. Oh, do they? That they do. Yeah, <laughs> that they do. That uh, So that it, it looks more <clears throat> uh, regal, I guess oh. I should say. I'll try and find something to okay. show you if you want to go on to the next film. But yeah, both disappointed uh, in, um, in uh, what was that? Uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, Doctor Strange 2. Yep, that was it. Doctor Strange <laughs> I was thinking memory. No, that was last week's movie. That was a disappointment. I remember that. <laughs> How's that doing on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way? Uh, I think it... Um, I think it's around... I think it's below 20%. Okay. All right. So the next movie was a pleasant surprise. It's called The Duke, and it's Sony... Classic pic no Sony Pictures Classics. Sony I always Pictures I always reverse that. And it's based on a true story and it stars Jim Broadbent and Helen Mirren. And, and when you put those two names together in a sentence, that just means you need to go see this movie because you are not going to be, oh, Chuck just showed me. Oh, it is. It's like old world. Yeah, old world font. There yeah, for yeah. Thor talks. Okay. It's okay. Cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm gonna guess that Kenneth Branagh was a fan. Of, of the font, yes. And saw the font and thought, that makes me think of Shakespearean times, so I'm going to bring Shakespeare into this. And, and he is a Shakespearean actor and, and director. And again, I'm sure that Mr. Brano's big paycheck helped him too. <laughs> but back to back a completely to... <laughs> different movie, The Duke. Uh, the Duke. It's based on a true story about a man named Kempton Bunton, and that's who Jim Broadbent plays. And he's a 60-year-old taxi driver, bread baker. I mean, he's got a, a slew of different jobs. Jack of all trades, master of none. Totally not master of anything. Um, he's married to his adorable wife, played by Helen Mirren, and he gets, he, he, he fights the battle for the, the little people yes. and for the old people yes. of England because they're being taxed. This is 1961, people. 1961, there were taxes from the BBC. You couldn't watch television <laughs> unless you were taxed. And boy, did this... had to this, pay a special thing. Yeah, yeah a special this, license. A licensing fee. And did this ever piss him off? 
So he he tried to skirt around it, and then he realized that um, he's going to pull a heist. He is going to steal this this Goya Duke of Wellington painting from the National Museum. Hmm. And remember that this is the target for him because the government bought it. Right, right. You know, so so they have their, tax yeah, dollars that's used right. to buy this painting. <laughs> I had forgotten that aspect. Yeah. And so he's going to basically steal it and he'll return it when um, the government releases the whole taxing issue on television. Um, this is a quirky, charming movie that is just a surprising delight to watch. I enjoyed every every moment from start to finish. We know he gets caught because the first scene is at the courthouse where he is entertaining the entire jury and the judge. And we go back in time when we find out exactly what got him to this point in time. I, I just had so much fun with this movie. Jim Broadbent is having fun with it, and Helen Mirren is having fun, which means we are having fun watching it. And I believe it is a first-time writer. Mm. Is that right? I'll have to check on that, but mm -hmm. I believe that it is. Um, but this is just so such a, such a surprising delight indie kind of film. It is playing in theaters. Um, I'm sure it'll be on VOD in the next few weeks, so if it's not playing at a theater near you, it will be on VOD shortly. There's so many little moments in this movie that I love. Throwaway things that just crack me up. Um, he mentions a book that he, he wrote because he wants to be a writer, too. And oh, that's right. He's a playwright. Writer. He's a playwright. But he also wrote a novel, and he mails it off, and he says to the person at the post office, he's like, imagine... If, if Jesus was a woman. And then the name of the book is The Adventures of Susan Christ. <laughs> that is priceless. That is. is priceless. It's just little things like that throughout the movie. And, of course, Broadbent. He really is he's walking a wire here. Because this guy's an eccentric, but he never plays him as a fool. No. No. He never plays him as a fool. And that would be the first, that would be the most obvious tack to take right. with this. Uh, and I think that's the whole key to the film. He's, it's sharp. He's not you know? a fool. This is a man who who who's he's still searching for where he belongs, even right. in this late in life. What does he want to do when he grows up? Exactly, and that <laughs> he's still figuring that out. And 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 then we also learn that there's you know some history with the marriage. Yeah, and, and a tragedy and within a the family. Tragedy. And, and something that they've never talked about, he and his wife, and something that, you know, is hanging over them. And and that, I think, has something to do with his behavior as well. well and it wasn't that part of one of his stories that exactly. he was writing? Exactly, the play that yeah. the wife finds. Yeah. And, and, yeah, crushing. And you can see, and the relationship between the wife and he is quite interesting, too. I mean, she's she gets exasperated with him. Yeah. Yet she loves him unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because when she finds out what he did, she's not happy. Right. Yeah, and, and the thing was, and... and it has a nice twist as well. It has a nice third act twist. It's so out of left field that I didn't believe it. And then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. This makes sense now. Yeah. Now I get it. And it and then it makes, of course, you have to look back at the entire film and it casts everything in a different it light. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. And so I really love that. This reminded me a lot at the end of the old Frank Capra films, where you have, you know, the innocent guy who all the cynics look down on. And then they finally get yeah. the spotlight, like Mr. Smith goes to Washington right. or Mr. Deeds goes to town is what this reminded me of, the courtroom scene. And he just explains why he did what he did. Right. And it's all just common sense stuff. You know, love your neighbor. This is why I did it. 
Yeah, and everyone's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and, and and it just was really a, a nice throwback to those films in, in that last act. Yeah, so definitely seek this one out. If it is not playing near you, then hold tight, because I'm sure it'll be on VOD soon. I do know that locally, kind of. In Champagne. It's here? in Decatur. Oh, it's in Decatur. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. And how far is Decatur from Champagne? 35 minutes. Yeah, not bad. And they got good popcorn down there at the Avon Theater. Mm-hmm. Any... any um, Dinner places nearby? Any restaurants? It's Decatur. Okay. Popcorn. Popcorn. Popcorn sounds good. Popcorn for dinner. There you go. <laughs> so that those are our two big movies that are opening this week. There might uh-huh. be another couple of smaller ones I, that we didn't see at this point. Right. Are there? No, this is it. This is it? Okay. Everyone clears the deck when Marvel oh, that's so very you know, true. makes a date. So that was bold of the Duke to, yeah. to come out. Counter-programming. But, well, and I mean, definitely, I would go see the Duke. You would go see exactly, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and then we want to talk a little bit about TV because TV is really blending into the whole film thing. We've got a seven-episode series called "Under the Banner of Heaven," based on the John Krakauer book. Uh, play, streaming on Hulu, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and FX. And FX. Okay, so Hulu and FX are a part I of each other. I don't know. I get know. so confused. Like the whole NBC Peacock and then Hulu too. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know. know. I need a flowchart for that too. I think I think my whole life just needs to be flowcharted. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, this is a this is a an intriguing story based on a a, a murder, a real murder that happened in uh-huh. Salt Lake City. Um, it was in American Fork, um, Utah. And, I mean, if any of you know anything about Utah, it is the home, the capital of Mormonism. Um, Most people who live in the area are Mormon, and they have the Mormon religion as as a unique religion. Um, And this, okay, I'm watching Chuck cut with a plastic fork through saran wrap that he has balled up. You will not be able to do that without getting chocolate on your freshly cleaned suit coat. Keep reviewing the show. Okay. Um, Andrew Garfield plays uh, the main character. He is the detective in um, this horrific murder that has taken place in one of the homes of his brothers and sisters. Now, everyone within the church is called a brother or a sister. It's not an actual familial relationship. And um, a woman is murdered and as well as her daughter. Um, they suspect that it is the husband that has done it because he appears to have a lot of blood on him. Um, this becomes a murder mystery as well as a historical representation of the Mormon church and its origins. You know, reading the book, they started off with this brutal murder, much in the way that this TV sure, series okay. does. Um, and then the next chapter was the origins of Mormon Latter-day Saints and... and um, <coughs> What's his name? Brigham Young. No, the guy. John Smith. Yes, John Smith and how he looked into his hat and saw three stones and he was able to write this book more. It's hilarious. Have you ever seen the South Park? I have. One? I have. Okay. And, and as I was watching this. Did you see him look in the hat? Yeah. As, but as I was watching this, I was looking up, okay, what's the story? I kind of know the story. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they do a nice job, actually, of bringing in that historical part of it through storytelling within the contemporary. And it was kind of cool how they blended the two together so that you get that history as well as who who killed this woman, who was this woman, what is her background, and 
right now signs are pointing to it's someone within the Latter-day Saints Church and higher up. We don't know this, but that's where the signs are pointing. And in all honesty, I don't remember that much of the book. I remember all the Mormon parts because I thought it was really pretty entertaining. The um, <laughs> It really is. I mean, come on. This is in El- Palmyra, New York, which is next to Elmira, New York, which is where my husband is from. Is from Palmyra, New York, which is what I called it affectionately. Um, I mean, just really, I mean, think about it. You find some stones, you think, oh, I'm going to have God tell me that it's okay to have more than one wife. Well, and that, that works out and really well for me. And not only that, but they, they find a, a text or they find something that they translate, and it was it's some sort of writings that Jesus did, or Jesus right. was in America or something. Right, right, right. God, you know. Well, there's three stories going on here. Like you say, the investigation, the flashback for the history thing, and then, of course, the investigation into the family right. of the suspect. Um, I, I just thought every time the show flashback to the history of the Mormon thing, yeah. it lost steam for me. Okay. It just, it, it took me out of the story because in, in my mind, the investigation is fascinating. How crazy these people is fascinating. Right. And I know they're drawing, you know, a connection between, you know, this is why they think the way they think because of the history of the Mormons. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm on the fence on this one, but I'm going to stick with it because uh, I like the fact that the Garfield character who is investing the, the, investigating this is starting to doubt his own religion. Right. I find that fascinating. And, and yes, that is an extremely fascinating aspect of it. We've got to wrap things up. We've got to go on WCIA, CI Living TV. Um, so check it out. Let us know what you think about this new Hulu series, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yep. Take care.